This is the Engineering Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Avi Noda. In this episode, we spoke with Varun Achar from Razorpay. Razorpay's platform org has changed a lot over the past two years. Varun walks us through the journey of how they went from a single 15-person team to today where they have three teams with distinct areas of focus. Varun also shares how he has tried to get teams to care about productivity, as well as tactics he has used to increase adoption of platforms tools. I'm currently the director of engineering in the platform team at Razorpay. Um, Razorpay is India's largest fintech startup and we offer payment gateway in your banking and lending services to businesses in India. In the platform team, my team builds the tools and services to enable application development, both for front-end and back-end engineering teams. Prior to this, I was one of the first engineers in another startup where I headed the consumer-facing product product lines along with the engineering platform. I've also tried my hand at entrepreneurship three times in the past. Thank you for that. Tell us more about your team. Uh, what, what did your team look like when you joined and how has it evolved since then? So uh, the platform team was fairly new around the time I joined back in 2019. So I've been there roughly three years now. However, the uh, platform DevOps philosophy inside the company was, um, you know, already set in place in some in some ways. Railplay was one of the first companies to adopt Kubernetes. So a lot of the fundamentals around deployment, CI/CD, infrastructure and code, etc., were already sorted. So when we had started, we were initially a 15-member team where where everybody did everything. You know, in the initial years, Razorpay also focused a lot on, you know, getting into market very quickly uh, because of the growth of cashless economy in the country. So a lot of the capabilities we'd also built were in the monolithic code base. So around the time when I had joined, my Razorpay had started moving into the microservices environment, and that's where the need of a platform team sort of grew. Um, so in the early days, we started moving uh, some of the shared services into the platform team. Things like workflow services, batch processing systems, etc., and we started investing in certain things which were, you know, the need of the hour. Things like feature ramping, experimentation platforms, canary testing, etc. A lot of these were primarily driven from the need of having a mechanism to migrate into microservices safely, and also prevent severe outages. Uh, right. So as the business grew, microservices and the engineering all followed. Right. So we exploded um, i think around 2020 uh, the pandemic was actually very good for razorpay because of the digitization of a lot of businesses so you know the overall growth of the organization grew uh, the need uh, of investing in platform also therefore grew uh, right so therefore we, at that time we realized that we needed dedicated teams focused on solving some dedicated problem statements um, you know that's where the need to have focused teams solving for reliability security dev productivity etc grew um, so therefore uh, today in the platform team Razorpay has several teams uh, focused on these three high level themes and can you give a quick breakdown of the, those three sub teams yeah so uh, essentially if i have to um, divide it into three teams. One is the security team. So here, uh, it is different from you know uh, application security. So we have a separate security group. But uh, the platform team is more focused on um, things around perimeter security, DDoS protection, authentication authorization. So that is one group uh, which deals with that. Uh, right. So there is another team which is focused on reliability. So here we're building some of the things around. Uh, enabling a safe microservices environment. So some of our core components like 
uh, uh, async message uh, message queue, um, right? And how do you enable uh, reliable message delivery across microservices? So there's a team focused on that. We do some amount of chaos engineering. We've not yet fu- created a full-blown team around it, but uh, we do have abilities to do that. Then we have teams which are focused on incident recovery. So we have an observability team over there. Then we have teams which to, to enable you know safe releases. So we have somebody focused on building um, the release train and then the release engineering teams, um, right? And the dev productivity side, we have teams which are focused both on front-end dev productivity and uh, back-end dev productivity. So we have teams which are focused on building the toolkits which are needed to build microservices, test microservices, right? And create sort of like a, a integrated development environment uh, it sort of integrates a bunch of these tools that we've built. Um, so tools around logging, uh, monitoring, deployments, etc. So this team is sort of focused on creating that integrated dev environment. Uh, and similar uh, things are happening on the front end side, right? So this is, I would say, the rough uh, breakdown and you know where these teams sort of focus. How does the platform team thinking about measuring success and maybe break down how that varies depending on the different sub teams? Yeah. yeah actually, um, uh, we've gone through a bit of a journey when we talk about measuring success uh, of products that we built. Initially, when we had started, we would look at, you know, you know, looking at metrics around, you know, how many services and have integrated into the tools that we've built, et cetera, right? But that wasn't really giving us a full picture. You know, metrics like uh, how many services have integrated wouldn't really give you a, a view of the usage of the platform, um, right? So hence around a, a year or so ago, we switched our mindset to think of our internal teams, uh, internal engineering teams, uh, uh, which are in the product engineering groups as customers. And we started adopting metrics, which are more usual to what you know typical products would have. Um, you know, so we would look at what would a comp if if the product the the platform team is building was being built by say an external company, um, right, and provided as a SaaS offering. What sort of metrics would they typically look at, right? So, for example, uh, our observability platform. Um, instead of looking at how many services are integrated, we would start actually looking at what are the monthly active users, what is the engagement metrics like session length, look at look at funnels, etc along with obviously the engineering focused metrics around SLAs, et cetera, right? Besides that, we would also start looking at some metrics which are important for the customer. Uh, for example, our testing platform, we'd look at metrics around how long is the wait time before test starts executing? What is the flakiness of tests um, that they're executing, uh, right? So we instrument uh, our SDKs, inject things, right? Google Analytics, publish metrics onto platforms, uh, analytics platforms, and get to see exactly what the customer is doing and that sort of helps inform our strategy, uh, right? So each team sort of identifies their own metrics. Um, uh, metrics change depending on the maturity and the adoption of the platform as well. Uh, for example, when we were trying to drive the adoption of uh, service bus that we're building internally, we looked at not the number of services that have migrated from the older message broker to what we built, but we started looking at numbers around the number we just looked at the publishers and subscribers um, and chased growth over there, uh, right? The idea being that if we get even a single integration from a customer, the likelihood of that customer doing more integrations would increase, right? So this strategy has served us well. 
uh, and it's become more of a playbook internally to show impact both to um, our customers and also give a sense of accomplishment to the team. Um, platform teams offer suffer from this problem having very high lead times before they start seeing meaningful impact. Um, adopting the strategy has kept the team motivated and kept the roadmap also flexible. Um, so initially, the launch of a product, we focus heavily on early adopters and our roadmap is shaped based on their needs. And these adopters then become evangelists. Uh, so we've roughly seen around a four to six month period in which a product goes through the typical product adoption curve of going from innovators to laggards, right? So um, this strategy sort of worked well for us and it's now sort of repeated across products. Before this call, you had mentioned that the way your team thinks about productivity has changed over time. Can you talk a little bit about that story and how you approach productivity in the early days versus today? Yeah. So in my previous talk, I um, handled, uh, I was handed over the role of DevOps. And one of the first things I did uh, was to read the DevOps handbook and the state of DevOps reports, both by Jess Humble and his team. Uh, what I read over there was quite eye-opening and fundamentally changed the way I thought of team systems and processes, etc. Right. So when I joined Razorpay, I, I along with a couple of uh, interns, uh, pulled out the dev productivity metrics for the org, um, and we also used your uh, your previous startup uh, pullrequest.com to get some of these metrics, and uh, we built a lot of other dashboards through uh, hooking up to GitHub's uh, uh, data. Right. So. So we looked at different data points and built dashboards for the org, looked at some custom cuts, uh, like what productivity numbers, um, what were the productivity metrics of devs contributing to a monolithic code base versus a microservices, um, uh, et cetera, right? As part of this study, I'd created uh, a doc on how to interpret these results and give recommendations to teams on what sort of practices to follow. Um, so we'd get devs to dedicate time on PR reviews, look at PR workload of engineers and assign PRs, um, PR buddies to reduce, uh, you know, the, the the effort on one particular engineer. So a lot of these, you know, manual interventions, process interventions were made with the idea that eventually, you know, teams would practice these behaviors and then we can move towards trunk-based development and move towards continuous delivery, et cetera, right? Uh, what we saw was that you can't go halfway with this approach. You really see productivity gains if you've gone whole hog and adopted everything and created a culture within the team. Um, so teams which were able to do so saw huge gains, but most teams couldn't pull it off. Uh, right? So we realized that we, what we were trying to do was change the engineer instead of fixing the systems around the engineer. Uh, and changing behavior is obviously one of the toughest problems to crack. Um, so the last one year or so, we started investing in tools rather than processes. Um, so we decided to let engineers be who they are and instead um, use tools to pass in what they were doing already. And if they needed, so for example, if they needed testing environments, instead of asking them to collaborate with each other, merge PRs and then deploy into a shared environment, uh, we gave them def dedicated ephemeral infrastructure, um, right? Another example was around automated testing. We were already running thousands of automated tests um, so instead of discovering breakages in pre-production and you know running regression tests uh, during you know pre-production builds etc., um, we ran automated tests per PR and built infrastructure to enable uh, testing to shift left, uh, which is closer to coding, um, right? So this has helped reduce overall um, cycle time for feature releases etc., right? So so these strategies uh, uh, have 
started showing results and we've seen a lot of uptake of usage of platform tools as well and engineers are loving what we're trying to do so therefore next year again um we now have a dedicated dev productivity team like i mentioned already which is focused on building integrate this integrated development environment so engineers can you know be who they are and you know we can you know help them uh, while not trying to change their behavior meaningfully right so so yeah so that's what we're doing that's that's been the transition from what we've had what we used to think about to what we are now investing in so it sounds like changing practices and behaviors is is very difficult compared to just enabling developers with tools you mentioned this need or desire to build a culture of productivity what does that mean and how are you tackling that yeah um uh, one of the things that uh, we've seen uh, in my past experience and interest is also as well and it's also a culture within the organization which is a culture of transparency right so we want to give data to people make them make allow them to make their own decisions right so therefore uh, what we would like to do is inculcate uh, this culture of looking at dev productivity like we uh, like when usually when you walk into engineering offices in india you have these you know monitors everywhere where you're looking at you know uh, your production incidents if there's an ongoing incident what are your metrics etc right so everybody has a sense of what's going on uh, both on the product side and on the engineering side right um, and whenever there's an incident people are aware and people you know jump into trying to solve those things right but we don't do that for dev productivity and it's one of the key problem areas which uh, where where engineering teams are not sort of focused a lot in trying to improve themselves uh, right so therefore uh, the idea is that um, through this tech productivity team right we want to uh, do a lot of these surveys push this data back to engineers um, empower them to sort of uh, get better at what they're doing you know work with their engineering managers um, to sort of inculcate practices uh, which have you know helped other teams become better etc right so so the idea of this team is also uh, to sort of showcase this data in a way uh, almost so we're sort of thinking about it as an analytics product like the, if say for example another team has adopted a particular tool um, how has that tool benefited them right give that data back to engineers make it available for them to use it and see it every day um, so one idea was essentially maybe we can build a google chrome plugin and sort of make that as the you know landing or the home screen for new engineers when you open up a new tab so you have this data available for you uh, whenever you say open up a browser right so ideas like that we wanted to sort of experiment with and essentially turn productivity into a conversation that happens daily um, so that um, we as dev productivity team also get a lot of feedback from our customers uh, because of the fact that engineers are not thinking about it on a day to day basis right so that's that's the goal that's the idea it's not yet there but uh, that's the idea this year that makes sense there can be a tension within productivity teams and product engineering teams because dev prod can't fix everyone's problems right how do you think about enabling teams to fix their own problems what are maybe some of the challenges you run into there yeah so um we've had a different strategy about that also uh, internally right of how platform team is sort of thinking about 
building and uh, driving adoption for the tools that we built right so uh, if, if internally we have an open source culture so a lot of engineers across teams uh, participate in the building of internal tooling but apart from this we use okrs uh, very effectively inside the organization and what that means is that uh, product engineering teams uh, have the right to choose what tools best fit their needs to ch- to chase their goals right um, so if a product engineering team finds that you know there's an external to- product which better serves their purposes um, purpose um, even more than what the internal platform team provides then they're free to switch over um, right this does two things um, one is that it enables the product engineering teams to take ownership of their destiny and at the same time provides a healthy pressure on the platform team to think about product engineering teams as customers and build something that they really find valuable right so the internal teams are supportive usually supportive of uh, the effort that the platform team is doing and therefore they contribute to our success so we regularly find engineers uh, from other product teams to come work on the platform team full time for a quarter or more uh, to help us ship things faster right um so that's typically been our strategy um usually when we try and drive adoption internally like i said we look at first the early adopters so we ship a lot of our features based on uh, what these early adopters want um, right uh, and typically we find early adopters based on who, where the problem is uh, the largest um, right so 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 that's how we sort of try and run our strategy but uh, but typically what we've seen is that product engineering teams want to come contribute um and building these common utilities platform tooling etc that can then get reused across the org right so so far that's been working well for us uh, and this healthy pressure that we get uh, you know by providing freedom to our product engineering teams to go explore externally um helps us also prioritize the right way uh, build developer experience related tooling into the products that we built uh, right so think about documentation um, etc right so 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 far it's been working well uh, yeah that's that's been a strategy earlier you mentioned how in the past you had used certain you know git and other types of maybe the the accelerate metrics to find intervention opportunities with different teams and, and share best practices or attempt to change the way that we were working. I'm curious when you did that, were, was that being really driven by your team in terms of identifying teams that may be having problems and reaching out to them? Or were all these individual product teams owning their own SLAs around these metrics and sort of driving their own improvements? Yeah. So uh, what we had done Uh, post the discovery of these issues was to um, set up engineering okrs uh, at the leadership level so uh, most leaders signed up for improving dev productivity in their teams um, right and initially uh, there was no dev productivity team in the platform team to drive these things it was just me and a couple of other people who were uh, who were the voice uh, on you know what were the right things to do to move towards say uh, trunk based development and continuous delivery etc right and what are the stepping stones that we had to take to get there um, right so so we internally had these monthly um, engineering reviews where uh, what we had done is that 
I would present a high level picture of you know what our metrics look like, uh, what is our lead time to change, uh, how frequently are we deploying into production, the typical Dora metrics, along with um, you know some metrics which were important. For example, when we were migrating from a monolith to a microservices environment, what's the productivity of engineers working on the monolith versus the microservices, etc. Right. So I would give them a high level picture, and then each engineering leader would then come in and. Uh, present their own metrics um, right and that uh, and this review meeting became uh, a mechanism to uh, check the progress of these engineering teams uh, but it wasn't very successful overall right so people would put in a lot of effort um, right and like i said like there were fundamental problems that we weren't able to solve for for example Every time we were introducing new engineers into the company, the whole training retraining process would start, um, right? Um, and a lot was dependent on the engineering managers themselves, right? So if somebody, if an engineering manager is newly joined, the success of the team would depend on how well this engineering manager would, you know, adopt these metrics and push for them internally. So, um, so that's how that's how it was. So it was essentially left to the product teams. I would give them a high level picture, and the teams would then come and present their progress. Uh, but that was essentially what we were trying to do initially. Uh, but uh, it hasn't really worked out too well for us, right? So yeah, I see. So it sounds like one of the challenges was just getting enough, uh, maybe buy in or commitment from the managers then to to focus on these metrics with their teams? Would you say that was the biggest challenge? Yeah, I mean, it's not about uh, getting a buy-in from these managers, but it is about the fact that it takes a lot of effort. Just, just It's just a manual effort. You just have to keep telling people over and over and over again before it starts sinking in. Um, some teams which you know really understood this really well, uh, they switched over instantly and they were seeing huge gains, right? So... So it's 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 about the fact that you know you have to focus a lot about getting your product delivered, getting um, thinking about what your customers want, looking at a lot of engineering stuff that's going on, tech debts, incident management, etc. Right. So it's a, there's a lot going on, especially in a startup where everything is you know moving very very rapidly. Right. So it's easy to slip away, and these are the sort of things that you know you don't those they don't turn into number one priority for for teams. Right. Um, so it's it's difficult. So therefore, we realize that it's better to adopt a different strategy. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. But yes, you're right. It is difficult to change these behaviors and practices. Uh, right. So yeah, that makes sense. So primarily, these kind of self improvement efforts are just not always a top priority for all teams because they have deadlines and incidents and yeah, other things yeah. that are yeah. Also, the fact that you know, like I mentioned, that you don't you're not looking at this data on a daily basis, so you don't know when you're slipped, um, right? Some sprint you would do, you, you would be fine. Another sprint, you don't know, you you it won't be that great, um, right? And you usually see these trends over a three four month period, and uh, putting in continuous effort over three more three four month period is hard. It's it's like building a new habit, right? Um, so it's it's always building new habits is always difficult. And. Just to go into that, I'm curious, how did you, you mentioned you had set these at the OKR level. It was optional. It sounded like organizations can opt in. How else did you try to engage the organization to 
sort of champion this and get managers and everyone to, to get involved in this process. I'm curious, how, how did you champion that? Um, so one was obviously these uh, forums where you would discuss these problems, um, right? So what we would do, what we would learn through these conversations, it, it was a conversation where um, all engineering managers would attend, um, right? So we would use those forums to actually, you know, talk about the gravity of the problem. Um, right, and as these engineering leaders um, would sort of surface their own particular problems, it it sort of created this awareness. Uh, but uh, building awareness was not uh, not the only only thing that we needed to do. Um, right, so uh, one big problem, like I mentioned earlier, was that people don't have access to this data on a daily basis. They don't look at this data on a daily basis. They don't see change on a daily basis. So building in that culture of productivity is is a hard problem. Um, right. Um, that's what we are attempting to do this year. But the primary mechanism to champion this and to bring focus to this was these review meetings, uh, because it would be one forum in which everybody would come and it was a monthly meeting. Right. And you'd have our head of engineering, our CTO attending along with all these business heads. So and so we would have an open conversations about these problems and and each engineering team would sort of make a lot of effort. So before the dev productivity team within the platform team became a full-fledged team there were individual teams trying to solve their own problems um, so in fact the automated testing uh, per pr was not something that platform team initiated it was something that one of our product engineering teams initiated because they felt that you know testing late in the release cycle was sort of hurting their productivity so they built it and then eventually the platform team took over that effort and sort of built it across the organization um, right so, so putting in that focus, putting in that initial, uh, bringing, in, doing that initial conversation with these engineering leaders in an open forum has helped in uh, creating awareness of this problem. Uh, and um, since then, so this was a couple of years ago. So it's been two years since most engineering teams have taken some productivity goals. Um, right. This is the first year in which we have a product death productivity engineering team, which is sort of supporting their needs. Um, right. So. I would say awareness has been created inside the organization, but investments in the right tooling uh, is something that we've done in parts, but now we're doing, uh, you know, uh, in a in a dedicated fashion. Yeah. Switching topics, you've written about the skill sets a platform engineer needs to be successful. We'll link to your post in the show notes, but one skill set you called out was that platform engineers need what you call the product mindset. Can you explain what that means and how does a platform engineer apply this product mindset to their jobs? Yeah. So uh, most teams under the platform group in Razorpay were initially initiated by engineers who've been in this company for some time. And therefore, by default, um, they had a lot of context about the problems that uh, engineers faced, right? Uh, and this is usually the approach that most companies take, um, right? Usually platform teams are built like that. So uh, so if you look at the overall job profile of a PM, right? Their primary responsibility is to represent the customer and understand what the, their issues are, um, right? So therefore these tenured engineers, uh, when they came in, most teams would have one or two engineers, you know, who could represent that customer because they themselves were facing these issues when they were part of the product engineering team, right? Um, so what we so that strategy sort of helped us in, in you know in the initial phase when we would kick off a team and then we would expand this 
team around these engineers um, right so these engineers once once these teams were formed right um, these engineers were encouraged to go have you know focus group discussions with other engineers interview them collect feedback over slack and surveys etc right and every quarterly planning effort would would be preceded by this effort um, right where having these customer conversations etc right um and as part of these focus group discussions we would actually identify what these what are the key problem areas that our customers are facing this is essentially what a product manager does right so before we actually would start investing in something um, these same engineers would go and write a product concept note uh, using a template that other product managers would actually uh, use to create product concept notes for actual customer facing products right so as part of that template you know engineers had to do their market research define a go to market strategy define impact etc right so so this exposed these engineers as well to the whole concept of thinking like a product manager and that has actually helped us a lot um, right so even when a, and when a product is actually launched right so the first few integrations that are done by engineers are actually you know the first few integrations that are done are actually done by the integration by the engineers that have built that platform product themselves right so it would also expose them to the developer experience of their own product so all of this has helped in you know generate some customer empathy create context and train them to think in a certain way um so as these engineers mature they then take up the role of the senior engineer and then start represent, representing the customer internally right so so that strategy is something that we've used um so essentially get a senior engineer who's been in the company for some time to start a team build a team around him and do these typical product manager responsibilities through these engineers uh, because in india one of the big problems is that you don't really get product managers easily for platform teams um, right so it's hard to find say a product manager who's worked on an observability platform um, it's hard to get a product manager who's worked on dev productivity tooling so therefore these engineers are in in some sense also forced um to play the role of a product manager but it is part of the culture inside the organization that before we actually build anything we invest in this effort of going and doing the research putting out you know uh, uh, a product concept note before we actually even do any tech specking or even uh, start writing code right so um so all of these things are sort of helped in uh, inculcating this mindset within the engineers and then when you tie it up with the okr model that we have um uh, where we take certain metrics to drive adoption right so adoption is one of our key metrics whenever uh, for each quarter whenever we sort of discuss okrs right so um, so driving uh, the overall success of the team um, through what you're building um, and understanding customer pain points and then actually delivering um, value uh, and showing that impact uh is sort of inculcated in most engineers uh inside the platform engineering team right so so that's how we sort of try and develop you know develop this product mindset uh and it sort of worked well so far yeah how does that product mindset idea bleed into hiring and recruiting do you look for a particular type of engineer when when hiring and does that bleed into then the interview process or how you recruit uh when we actually recruit engineers uh it's we don't really look for product mindset 
but when we are um, actually hiring engineering managers for the platform teams we do um right so as part of the engineering pro- uh, the engineering interview process we actually have a product round uh, where a product manager would actually go and interview the engineering manager um right and the purpose is to actually try and understand first principles thinking can this engineering manager uh, actually think about the customer identify what their pain points are how do they come about uh, come out with solutions uh, to the customer's problem right so it's not a it's not a conversation about the number of ideas that you generate but it's about the process that you follow um, to identify who your customer is what are their key problems uh, right how do you define a strategy around solve trying to solve those problems how do you get to market for on the product that you've built etc right so we fo- we do that for engineering managers um and not so much for engineers uh, but we've like i said earlier we've we've developed a strategy to train engineers to think about product um, right so so yeah so that's how we sort of look at hiring finally what's one practice or process or project what what's a win that you've been able to deliver in your role that you think other teams should be trying or can learn from yeah so um one of the one of the big problems uh, of platform team is actually to drive adoption of their products internally right so um like i mentioned earlier we don't have a top down philosophy when it comes to adoption uh, right so platform teams actually have to go and convince our customers and demonstrate value to the platform and the big problem is how do you do that at scale quickly uh, right so so we faced this problem when we were trying to drive adoption for the observability platform that we uh, built uh, right so the big problem is how do you how do you expose them to the features of the observability platform in a real world situation without going through an expensive integration process um that's where actually one of the ideas that came out from the team was to uh, try the concept of game days uh, right so what the team did was that they hosted an internal competition where we simulated a real world outage in a microservices environment and the objective was to find the root cause as quickly as possible using our observability platform um so we launched an internal marketing campaign about the competition and the prizes you could win and we got around 40 teams to participate um and the teams would get points based on how quickly they identified various events in the system and eventually find the root cause um, right So the event was also themed around a startup called Doge Cinemas, a website, and you know, took ticket booking system. Uh, we made movie posters and a logo for the company, etc., to make it fun. Um, in the background, the team had repurposed a few open source microservices to create um, this distributed system um, through which we could sort of inject failures and uh, and you know, create that environment for these teams to try out the observability platform. So. we built independent uh, environments for each of these uh, for each team um, so we had roughly around 200 250 engineers who participated in this competition and that sort of really helped right so it was a fun event people tried out the platform they they learned to use the features in a in a safe way uh, you know while trying to debug a you know a, a, a situation that they would really face when they have an outage in their in their uh, service right um so post this actually we saw a huge uptake in the usage of the platform and uh, you know this is one of those things that we're trying to turn into a repeatable event and run quarterly uh, right so this was one uh, good idea we actually got exposed to this through 
participating in other game days that are hosted by some of our partners that we uh, partnership partners that we use as um, within 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 Razorpay. So, but something that we could do internally as well. So we did it, and it was uh, it worked out really well for us. And quick follow up to that: What was this? Something that happened in person, or was this remote? This was remote, so this happened during the pandemic. So, uh, so this happened remotely, but it it was a well organized event. So, you know, you'd have, uh, you know, we did all over Zoom. So we tried to make it fun, make it engaging, etc. So we did some some amount of effort to do that, but it was all remote.